And I thank you for each one that's come tonight. And Lord, as we study thy word, oh, what a precious portion of scripture that you've given us tonight. And such we can learn so much from it if we learn to take it literally as your word speaking to our hearts. And we ask you to do so tonight now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, please turn your Bible to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And uh, continuing our study on Jesus' miracles. And, and I love this one. I love what it means uh, to us even today. In John chapter 6 verse 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when evening was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea rose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty and thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea, drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him in the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Father, we again ask you to bless the reading and studying of thy word, how precious it is. In Jesus we ask it. Amen. Now, what is the whole theme of bringing these miracles to your attention is, is to believe in miracles, which I do, and I know you do too, but we trust in Jesus. Now, first of all, what is a friend? A friend is somebody who makes you a better person. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth his countenance of his friend. Or, that is, a true friend will put an edge on your life. A true friend will make you a sharper person. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds, sharper wounds, of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Or, sometimes a friend will love you so much he will hurt you in order to help you. Now, John 15, verses 15 through 21, we have a friend brought to our attention here in these verses, and his name is Trouble. Trouble is our friend. Or, we allow Jesus to do his perfect work in the middle of trouble. That's what this miracle is all about. I found this little poem. I, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow, and not a word said she, but oh, the things I learned from sorrow when sorrow walked with me. Now, the plan of God for our spiritual growth includes storms and trials. When I think of this subject, I'll go back to the book of Numbers and the spies sent out to check out the land of Canaan before they crossed over Jordan. Joshua and Caleb were two of the spies sent out 
with the other that was sent with him. These two brought back a good report. The other ten spies brought back an evil report. In Numbers 13, verses 26 through 29, and then you skip over to verse 31 through 33, you find this story. The ten said, Well, it's a beautiful land, filled with milk and honey and all kinds of good things. It has wonderful hills and valleys, and you can dig iron out of those hills. But there are giants in the land. We saw the sons of Anak there. They're so big we feel like grasshoppers. We can't take the land. But Caleb said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then in verse 9, Numbers 13, Caleb said, Rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Now if you go through the Bible and study the word bread, you'll find that in the Bible, bread especially speaks of strength and growth. In other words, troubles are bred for us, sent before us by God Himself. God's plan for us is to grow or mature in the Lord. We're not to stay babies forever. We're to grow in the Lord. God's grace that Jesus prayed for us. In John 16, verse 15, Jesus sent His disciples out to see, and He went to pray. In Matthew 14, verse 23. Now notice Jesus could see them in the storm because He's God in the flesh. But Jesus was interceding for them in prayer. Hebrews 7, verse 25 says, He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to Him by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. The greatest privilege anyone could ask of you and myself also is to pray for them because of some trouble. There is one greater than we are, though, and that's Jesus. Now, I want to show you something, and I, I love this because I, I read it quite often just for my own benefit, just to be reading. But in John chapter 17, uh, just turn over with John chapter 17 with me a minute. And I want to read beginning in verse 9. <clears throat> now, Jesus is doing the speaking. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine, and all mine are thine, thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that is Judas, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak unto the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now that's Jesus 
praying for you and I today. You go study the whole chapter of chapter 17 of John is intercessory prayer of Jesus for every saved person that's ever been saved. Now, here's something precious. Isaiah 30, verse 18. Therefore will the Lord wait that He may be gracious unto you. Now, God, Jesus' gracious delays. Remember Lazarus in John 11, verses 1 through 11? Lazarus was sick. His sister sent for Jesus to heal him. Yet Jesus waited until Lazarus was dead before he came. And Jesus told his disciples he was glad he was not there when Lazarus died for the disciples' sake. Jesus did not want to remove a fever. And I think about this. Aspirins could do that. Amen. Jesus raised the dead to prove he is God in the flesh. That's a miracle. It's not the miracle of raising the dead. It's the miracle that Jesus is God. So God works His miracles at His time. Galatians 4 verse 4 says, When the fullness of the time was come. In other words, God is never late. God is never ahead of things. God is never in a hurry. God always comes at just the right time and gladdens us with His presence. Dr. Harold Sider was preaching on the grace of God one time and he was mentioning all the graces that God gives us <coughs> in his message. And he said, I don't have dying grace yet. He said, because I ain't dead yet. I ain't died yet. He said, but I, I know that when it comes my time to die, God will give me that grace at that time to die. And I believe that. God will be there to give you His grace at the very time you need it for whatever situation you're going through. Habakkuk 2 and verse 3, The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Jesus will always come to you at the right time. Then, we are guarded by His power. John 6, verse 20, Jesus said to His disciples, It is I, be not afraid. Someone wrote, The will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you. Jesus told them to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee in Matthew 14, verse 22. Jesus would never have told them to go to somewhere that they could not have gone. Therefore, because they were doing His will, they were guarded by Jesus' power. When I think of this story and think of what I'm trying to say tonight, <coughs> I always think of, of Paul and uh, when he was uh, taking his missionary trip and they had put him in jail and they tried to kill him every way in the world. And Paul said, I know that I'm going to be all right because God had told him before you must go to Rome. So if he, nothing could kill him before he got to Rome. So they could put him in prison. They could whip him with cat of nine tails. They could do whatever they want to him. But they cannot kill him till he gets to Rome because God had already told him. Another, you've got to preach it wrong. Habakkuk chapter three, uh, 2 and verse 3, the vision is yet for an appointed time. But the end 
it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, and wait for it. Now, someone also said Jesus would never have told them to go somewhere they could not go, and so he was there for them. They were guarded by Jesus' power. Next comes the great I Am. Jesus said, It is I. I like that. In the same thing, Moses is the burning bush. Moses asked God what his name was. God answered Moses, I am that I am. That's all he said to him. His name is the I am. Now today, God is I am. Tomorrow, God is the I am. Yesterday, God is the I am. In other words, he's always there, period. Now, other words, then Jesus is saying to his disciples, the eternal God, I am, has come to you. Be not afraid. Now, other words, too, Jesus, the I am, is all-powerful in the midst of your storms in. Jesus said, had said in John 16, verse 33, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I will come to the world. Amen. In other words, Jesus knows the end. And it ain't even got here yet to you and I, but God, Jesus already knows it. God has never promised us smooth sailing, but He has promised us safe landings. Remember now, Jesus promised these disciples to see them on the other side in Matthew. Now, if Jesus said He's going to see them on the other side, there ain't nothing going to take their life till they get over there. Now, how to meet your need in Jesus. Listen to this for just a minute. Number one, resist the temptation to panic in the middle of your storms. Number two, thank the Lord that He sends storms your way, not to sink your boat, not to sink you, but to grow you in your faith. Can you imagine? I've tried to imagine myself out there on that sea in dark night and the winds are blowing. Cause I've been out in, in the bay in weeds, ways at night and you couldn't hardly see anything and boat about to sink. And, and it's, it's a terror when you get in that situation. But I've thought about it a many times. Can you imagine being there and then looking up and seeing Jesus walking towards you on the water? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm afraid I left a boat. <laughs> but they didn't. They stayed in the boat, and Jesus came and got in the boat with them. And you know, I've thought about this a long time. If you got Jesus in the boat, it ain't going to sink. Amen? And praise God, number three, that His watchful eye is on you and that Jesus is praying for you every moment of your trial. And then draw on the presence of Jesus to gladden your heart in the storm. I mean, draw on Him. Ask Him to come and visit you right in the middle of the storm. And He'll be there. And then ask God to reveal His purpose for you in your storm. I've, had, I've heard so many people say, I don't know what God is doing with me and I'm suffering in the things I'm going through right now, but I know He's got a, a purpose in it. And He has. And the hardest thing that you can do is go through that time. But I do believe this, God will never... He says so in His Word. He said, I will never put what you can't take on you. In Christ Jesus, you can take anything that God wants you to take on this earth. 
And it's hard to get that kind of faith to understand. But if you go back and study the miracles that Jesus performed, uh, these seven miracles, you'll understand all of those miracles are about me and you. It's about God taking care of us. God doing things in our life. To, and the only reason He did it was to strengthen our faith. I want to tell you the truth. Every once in a while, I nearby lose my faith in our country, in our president, in our laws, and in our lawyers, and, and just the things in this country. But you know, every time I get to thinking like that, the Lord always comes to me and says, don't forget one thing. I'm in charge. Amen? And when I think of that, I sit there and I say, I'm almost ashamed. In fact, I am ashamed of myself of the way I was thinking and not bringing God into it. And I think about the little boy that his daddy preached that Sunday morning on uh, the whale swallowing Jonah. And the uh, little boy got home and said, Now, Daddy, uh, I just can't hardly believe that a fish swallowed a man. And he said, Now, son, you've got to understand something, God. And he said, Oh, well, wait a minute. Now, if you're going to bring God into it, that's different. <laughs> and I love that saying every time I think about it. If you're going to bring God into it, it is different. Amen. Stand with me. Father, thank you for your protection. Thank you for your just the way you love us. And centuries ago, you prayed for us. And we know we're your children, so you prayed for us. And none, you said, have you lost that your Father gives you. Father, we look for that day that we'll lay down this life and go to meet you in the air. What a day that's going to be. But in the meantime, strengthen us. Give us more faith from day to day, moment to moment. We need that kind of faith. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much for being here tonight.